Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Scherholt here alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you worldwide, though, on CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, great to be with you this week. What's up in your world? Well, pretty light uh, week, a beautiful fall day in Kansas City. I don't have much to share. I understand you just got back from a trip, uh, business trip to Nashville, though. How was That's that? That's right. Yes, I went to an estate planning conference. We're doing some uh, some podcasts with uh, estate planners and actually other uh, lawyer types and attorney types, if you will. So kind of fun to learn a little bit about different types of law and uh, got to meet some interesting people. But it was mostly about the chicken and trying to... <laughs> Trying to eat some hot Nashville chicken and as many forms as I possibly could in the two day trip, David. And uh, that's awesome. You know, that's if you've never been to Nashville, you wouldn't know that's a thing. But that is a thing in Nashville. It's a thing, and it's all about the spices, uh, from what I understand, uh, from what I what I learned while I was there. Uh, so I had it in three different forms. One was, and honestly, my favorite was just at the hotel bar. Um, oh really it was really good it was on a sandwich and it just had this good little like sauce on it this like i don't even know what it was the fries were really good that went with it too it's just my favorite kind of fry that's just real crispy on the outside but still pretty thick and soft in the middle you know um just very 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 tasty loved the sandwich thought it was excellent uh, the next day for lunch, we went to a, a, a true hole-in-the-wall kind of place. Um, and <laughs> Oftentimes like you, the best. Just just a little shack on the side of the street and uh, picked it right up and then ate it in the park right across the street. It was good. I just think I like it in sandwich form better. This was just the tenders, just the straight standard tenders. Okay. yep. And um, I didn't think the fries were as good, so the, the, the accompaniment didn't quite uh, have as, uh, as high a marks. And I missed the sauce. I missed the sandwich form in from the night before. But still very tasty and certainly spicier. It w- that one was truly <laughs> some Nashville hot chicken. So I was drinking a couple of bottles of water there in the park. Um, still very good. Still very good. And then lastly was a um, – I thought it was just going to be more chicken strips and a waffle fries as a side – but to my surprise, it was a bowl, and it was a oh, wow. bowl of waffle fries covered in chopped up Nashville hot chicken, <laughs> and then layered with a very extremely thick layer of cheese on top. Oh, it was quite good. I was with I'll, you till the cheese. Yeah, yeah, it was quite good actually. Um, I probably shouldn't have eaten eaten it right before getting on the plane to fly home, though. That was the the one caveat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was overall a pretty enjoyable. Enjoyable experience, but I don't think anything beat just a good standard sandwich version of it. That that was probably my favorite, so that's what I'd recommend. But you mentioned a place that I need to check out, and next time I go to Nashville, I'll go to what was it, Hattie B's? Is that the name? Hattie B's. That's the only place I've had Nashville chicken when I've been in Nashville, and it is really good and really famous, and the line is really long. We we had discussed going there, but went for the hole in the wall place instead. So yep. next time we go, we'll try the, 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 I think that's like definitely one of the popular places to go. Plenty so of try, choices. Try that. Absolutely. So there you go. A few, few things to expect if you ever travel to Nashville and look for some hot chicken. You can get it in many forms. So <laughs> try, try them all out. See what you like best. 
Uh, well, on today's show, let's get down to business. I don't have a good transition from hot, spicy chicken into our material today, David. I don't know if... It probably how, is no good transition. Yeah, I don't know how hot and spicy RMDs get, but um, <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. In specific, We're going to get specific on the show, and I love it when we are able to do this, David, because even if we don't cover every angle and element to a topic, sometimes going specific like this is great because the one thing we do learn will really sink in. And so I'm kind of excited for this, um, even though it's not the spiciest of topics, uh, why we really need to care about RMDs and in particular how they're calculated. And it sounds like this is born out of kind of one of the top questions you get from clients about this topic. It is. And and depending on which rabbit hole we go down here, I may make it a little spicy. So, you know, strap it in pretty good for this uh, <laughs> podcast on RMDs. I think it's going to be good. All right. I've got, I've got a few bottles of water to offset it. Maybe. We're good. <laughs> so the reason I thought this would be good, I think every listener, we have a wide variety of ages of listeners, and I think every listener should care about this. And here's why. If you inherit an IRA from somebody, well, you're going to have an RMD more than likely. There's a there's a little nuanced rule, but you will you'll need somebody will need to calculate that required distribution for you each year. The overriding thing is, well, what if you just say I don't want to take my required distribution? Who requires that anyway? Well, the IRS does, and there's a fifty percent penalty if you don't take it. So I'm gonna. I'll do a little calculation of that here in just a minute. So inherited IRAs, anybody of any age can inherit an IRA. And if you're over 18 years old, you're going to have to take a required distribution. Let's say you're in your early 60s and you want to know, well, what might my required distributions be when I turn 72? And in that case, I use that calculation a lot in my business because a lot of my clients are saying, what tax bracket? Well, what I tell them is, once you turn 72, you're going to be in a permanently higher tax bracket because you can't do anything about not taking your required distributions. You're going to have Social Security, maybe one for your spouse, maybe you have a pension, and maybe that's what you're living on. And all of a sudden, because you did well for yourself, you're going to have a big RMD that's going to come in at age 72. And all of a sudden, you're going to be in a permanently higher tax bracket. So if you're 60 and you're thinking about that, this calculation is going to be very important to you. And then if you're already 72, well, you want to avoid having the penalty for not taking your distribution or not taking enough of a distribution. And there's a nuance we'll go through in here. So this is really all a follow-up from, from we do a, a weekly blog on our um, CoverYourAssetsKC.com website. And this week's blog post was Required Minimum Distributions 101. If you haven't seen that, you might go to the website and take a look at that. But I thought coupled with that blog post and the questions I get from clients, I just thought this would be interesting. So hopefully it is. I think it will be, David. I'm on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to Google this myself. What you're really trying to get to is the 2022 Uniform Lifetime Table. That's an IRS table that tells you, after a little calculation, how much you have to take out. So I went to um, irahelp.com. It's an Ed Slot website. Ed Slot is Ed Slot is like one of the famous IRA guys in in America. But you can hunt around and try to find one. But the, well, you'll know you got to the right table if it says this. Usually on the right on the left hand side, it's going to list age seventy two, age seventy three, age seventy four, all the way out to age one hundred and twenty, because eventually they're coming for this money and. Right next to age 72 is going to be a life expectancy number, and that should say 27.4. If you have those two numbers at the top of the table you're looking for, you know you've reached the correct 
table. Here's what you do with that table. And incidentally, this table was updated a couple of years ago because our life expectancy has gotten longer, which meant that your required distribution actually became a lesser percent than it used to be because we're living longer. That's a little freebie there. So let's say that you happen to be age 72 and you look at the life expectancy table and it says 27.4. If you divide 27.4 into 100, you get 3.65. And that's the percent of your IRA that you have to take out in the year you turn 72. So the life expectancy number goes down each year, which means the percentage you have to take out goes up every year. So if you're listening to this and you say, well, Dave, I'm 26 and I just inherited an IRA, but you haven't talked about me yet. What you would want to go to is a different table, a single lifetime table. And that's going to show you based on your age, what's the minimum you have to take out. So, so back to this table, let's say that you have, um, so we have a lot of clients that, that don't just have one IRA, they have two or three or four. So let's say that between an IRA and a fixed indexed annuity that happens to be an IRA, and then maybe they have a CD or a fixed annuity that is also an IRA. So this, and this particular household also has an old 401k that they never rolled over. And it's just sitting still in the company plan at age 72. So to further fill it out, the three IRAs they have total $1 million. The old IRA totals exactly $200,000. So this couple, this is uh, one person of the couple. He has, I'm gonna call it a him. He has a million two that he has to take a required distribution from. What he's able to do before he applies this calculation he has to know that he's taking it from the right accounts. So this is one way you can get tripped up with your, with your required distributions. The old 401k has to be calculated separately. The IRA, let's say it's at uh, TD Ameritrade and the fixed indexed annuity, doesn't matter where that's from, but let's say it's at Great American. And then he's got a fixed annuity, kind of looks like a CD. Uh, maybe that's also at Great American. Those three total up to the million dollars. What this person would do is apply that 3.65% that we just calculated to the million dollars. And that ends up being, as you might guess, $36,496.35. That's the minimum that this person has to take out in the year they turn 72 then they also have to make the same calculation for the $200,000 old 401k. And that ends up being pennies short of 7,300 bucks. So the total that this individual has to take out on, a, on retirement accounts totaling a million two is $43,795.62, which could easily throw you into a new, a higher tax bracket. The one thing you don't want to do. Let's just say that you didn't know that you had to take the 401k out separately. So you take the $43,795 required distribution all out of the brokerage account that is an IRA. In that case, you're going to owe a penalty on the required distribution that you were supposed to take out 
individually from the 401k. How much is that penalty, Walter? You bought, I'll bet you know that that's a 50% penalty. Oh, 50. (laughs) 50% penalty on that 70, rounded up at that $7,300 required distribution you were supposed to take out of your 401k. I think if anything, it was ever that big of a penalty and I've, that I've encountered in life, I just immediately just turned my brain off because I said, nope, not, <laughs> not an option, so I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> exactly. But the IRS knows where you live, so they are going to come after that money. <laughs> so just to That's add insult to injury. That's add, not good. That's bad. <laughs> just to add insult to injury, after they take the 50% penalty, which is about 3650 bucks, they're also going to tax you on the $7,300. Oh, so and the state really is going like to tax more than you a 50% on that as well. penalty in the end. Exactly. So of the 7300 bucks you were supposed to take out of your 401k that maybe you didn't even know had to come out separately, you paid $4,891 of penalties and taxes. So the reason I bring this up is there are a lot of people, it's a wonky rule. And if they were just to go in and clean up the whole thing, they might just eliminate that rule and say, you know what? We don't care if the money's still in a 401k. Just add up all of your IRAs, the values on December 31st of the year before you turn 72, and take your distribution off of that. But that's not what the law says. So you have to make sure that your um, IRAs, whether they're in annuity form or brokerage form or bank CD form, are separated from your 401k money. I think the best way to eliminate this whole problem from ever happening for you is to roll the money out of your 401k and roll it into an IRA. And the only real reason I can think of not doing that, there's a little exception that if you're between 55 and 59 and a half, you can take money out of that IRA and you won't have to take a penalty on it but you don't have a required distribution. So by the time you get to have required distribution age, there is really no good reason for you to have two or three or four old 401ks. Those should be consolidated, in my opinion, into one to make this whole thing much more simple for you to avoid that big penalty. Helpful. That's uh, It's a lot to absorb, but uh, you talk about like why people should care about that. Well, you don't need any more information than just the consequences of not caring about it, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so I also get the question from some of my older clients, why does this required distribution keep going up? Well, I mentioned uh, five or 10 minutes ago that the percentage that you have to take out keeps going up. So if this same fella is 90 years old now, the table that you're looking at It used to say 27.4, now it says 12.2. And if you divide that into 100, what you realize is in the year he turns 90, he has to take out 8.2% of his IRAs in a required minimum distribution. Let's say that this million two is now $890,000. And at some point along the way, he cleaned out his 401k. So now he only has this calculation on the $890,000. Well, all of a sudden that required distribution is just penny short of 73 grand. So one of the reasons to do Roth conversions before you get to age 72 or even after is to reduce this relentless drumbeat of higher and higher required distributions that keep you in a permanently higher tax bracket. So that's how the required distribution works 
That's why it's there, because the IRS has never been able to tax this money. And now, all of a sudden, at age 72, they want to start taxing it. And the percentage goes up each year. So if, if you're a pretty good do-it-yourselfer, this is not an unusually difficult task. If you have a lot of IRAs and 401ks that you never consolidated, <laughs> this can be a difficult tax. And so you might want to get some help. Either way, I hope this was, this was pretty helpful. The starting point would be to go to the internet and find this uniform lifetime table. That is helpful, and uh, we can certainly link to that in the show notes in the description of today's show so people can find that easily. Um, David will provide me with that link, and we'll make sure that you can get access to it. And uh, a lot of good guidance there and some popular questions you're getting from folks about uh, that topic in particular, David, those RMDs. And absolutely, we need to care about this stuff because those consequences are sharp. Uh, if if we make some wrong steps and some wrong moves there. So don't be in that group. Don't be in that group. Make sure you're making good decisions about this kind of stuff. Very, very helpful. Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, you can do so very easily with David. You can go to uh, the website, coveryourassetskc.com. Lots of information for you there, including the blog that David mentioned as well. Go check out that blog post on this topic and more information as well. You can also call 913 317 1414. And again, just check the show notes for more ways you can interact and stay in touch. David, thank you for the help this week. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you next time. Yeah, next week I'm, I'm working on one uh, that I think I'm going to call the positive side of inflation. So hopefully that'll be that'll be an interesting one for our listeners. I didn't know there was such a thing, but they, uh, <laughs> they, they do say there's two sides to every coin, right? So, so we're going to find the other side. What, what, what's that silver lining of inflation? Because you certainly, uh, it certainly doesn't feel that way, at least at the moment, David. For sure. We talk about inflation. Well, I look forward to that, the positive side of inflation. Come back and join us for that on the next episode of Cover Your Assets, KC. Until then, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.